Welcome to Bill and Rob's An Excellent Adventure. I'm Rob Schulte with my co-host, Bill Tilly. Hey, Bill, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good, Robs. How are you? Oh, man, it's one of the days I've been dreaming of. We're out of Valverde. We're in Southern California on a on an adventure. And today's adventure is wild. It most certainly is. Uh, one might say we've gone from the jungle to the beach <laughs> to the jungle of the city. <laughs> oh, man, urban jungle. And no co-host better than you bill and no co-host better than me but generally all i'm really trying to do is get to our guest because we have we've we've had very few guests on the podcast so far we've had so and so and yada yada and who knows but today we have another podcaster named joe young from piloting error and i you know what i'm just gonna bring him in okay no more dilly dally nope Hey, Joe. Hey, what's up, Robin Bill? How are you? Oh, man. I'm having a terrific year, first off. Oh, good to hear. Good to hear. <laughs> Bill, you and Joe and I have recently become uh, compatriots and podcasters. And, uh, Joe, you host Piloting Air. Can you tell me a little bit about it just up top? Yeah, so I host it with my buddy, Stuart. Um, he had this idea. He was finding, he collects like old videotapes and he was finding like, like these, these shows on uh, old, like home recorded VHSs that he had never heard of. So he was like looking into it and there's just all these pilots that just never got picked up for whatever reason. And most of them are absolutely horrendous. Uh, so yeah, so we just, we, we go through those and uh, we have a, have a little fun with it. It's uh Yeah. I really, really enjoy the podcast. And Bill, you've recently picked it up and pressed that big subscribe button as well, I'm sure. Oh, I have. Uh, It brought back a lot of memories for me watching TV when every once in a while you'd flip the channel and you'd be like, oh, I didn't know that Norman Fell got his own television show. What happened here? And then it would be gone. You're like, what just happened? It's kind of like Bigfoot meets television. Did you see it? Did you not see it? And then you guys are doing great because, you know, videotape these things are rare gems you find some of these things on youtube so it's nice that they're being preserved and i think it's a blast to go back and take a look at this kind of stuff and it sounds like you guys are having a lot of fun doing it oh yeah yeah absolutely watching some real dog shit yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) now so at, at this point you've had more episodes come out from when we're recording this but what has been one of your most treasured viewings so far oh definitely my favorite so far has been look well which is the legendary pilot by uh, uh, Robert Smigel and Conan O'Brien that uh, should have been picked up. It was scheduled to be picked up and uh, NBC like changed leadership right after oh. it aired. And the new guy was like, you know, I want my own legacy. So uh, we're, we're not picking this up. And it's a, it's a, it's a damn shame. God. Oh man. We, so everyone go and listen to that one first. That's probably one of the best starting points on the podcast, I would say. Yeah, absolutely. It was a really fun episode to do. And it's like by far the best show that we've done. Best best show that we've watched for the show. <laughs> Wait, you're telling me uh, There Goes the Neighborhood wasn't the best show that's, you watched? That's number two. That's number oh, okay. Two. <laughs> well, Rob, clearly they haven't seen, you know, America 2100 yet. So they're going to oh, have God. to put that on the 
rotation list. Yeah, we got to add that to the list. We have an, an enormous list. There's there are a ton of these. There was even a so a lot of them just got aired as TV movies at some point. And CBS had a program called CBS Summer Playhouse that oh is literally just like pilots that didn't get picked up that they decided to air on like Sunday nights. <laughs> It's a testament to those times when the executives were like, well, we got to get our 10 bucks back that we spent on this pilot somehow. So yeah, throw that 100%. in the Sunday night rotation well before Wonderful World of Disney because nobody's watching this crap. <laughs> <laughs> and then just let it roll. So here's my thing. We're talking pilots. I wanted to watch a pilot to a show I originally wanted to make an entire recap podcast of. And so that is going to be done in the in-between moments of the seasons Bill and I are doing. We're watching the first episode of Baywatch Nights, and that's why the subcategory of Bill and Rob's An Excellent Adventure will be Bill and Rob's An Excellent Adventure, colon, Night Owls. Because this needs to be documented. And quite frankly, I think people have either forgotten about this show never watched the show, or something is being hidden from us. Because the only DVDs you can get of the show, and quite frankly, why are there DVDs of this? German version. Yeah, it's for the German market. Yep. I was going to say, mm -hmm. I had a buddy in college who's from Germany, and there's that stereotype of Germans loving David Hasselhoff. One night he showed up at my dorm room at 3 o'clock in the morning, and he was like, hey, do you want to go to uh, the IHOP? And I was like, yeah, sure. And he's like, and then when we get back, guess what I just got? I'm like, what did, what did you get, Kai? It's like, Night's Ride to Seasons 1 and 2 on DVD. <laughs> just like so excited about it. It's I love real. that. It's real. Bill, you've watched a lot of Knight Rider in your day. Oh, I've watched all the Knight Rider, Robs. Many oh, times. Man. Many, many times. This, the, the Hoff legacy is true. I don't know what it is, but he, if there is a spot on this earth that is a true blue portal tesseract of time stoppage it is the german love of the hoff he is timeless over there and it's just something that you cannot get away from i don't know why he doesn't live there and just rule that freaking country i don't understand now here's a question for you both what's your relationship to baywatch in general because i never watched a lot of baywatch i only watched it when my parents weren't around mm -hmm. filling the gaps and but i never really followed the series when i watch it now it's hilarious i love it but it's a lot to watch um and then but finding baywatch nights i was like this is better this is all me it's private eye it's like a shitty stupid little spinoff which i love but like how about you guys bill has start with you uh well i watched baywatch when it premiered on nbc so I got to see it then, and then it kind of, I liked it. It was well enough, and then it kind of disappeared, and then it went syndication, and it was just one of those shows that when I ran across it, I watched it, but I didn't seek it out because there wasn't a lot going on with it so much. At least I didn't think so. It was yeah. fun. Of course, it had its TNA glorification that was oh, yeah. one thing that would grab your attention, but it just floated in and out, and then it kind of just lost its way. As far as Baywatch Nights goes, I did not know Baywatch Nights was a thing when it came out. <laughs> um, I don't know why, because this slides straight into my late night silk stocking Stephen J. Cannell wheelhouse oh, yeah. of shows. And I guess it was just syndicated in a way that I just never saw it because I would have indeed started watching it. I cannot guarantee I would have finished watching it. So fair. How about you, Joe? Yeah. 
you know, same as you. And actually, I was, I think I told you this. I knew about Baywatch Nights because I, you know, when I was a teenager, I saw it on the like DVR guide or whatever, the TV yep. guide. And I was like, oh, is this, is this Baywatch, but with nudity? I, I totally. <laughs> like just completely naive, mm-hmm. like 11 year old. It might as well have said, and you might see a boob. Yeah. In the advertising. But you don't, of course. It's no. primetime TV. Well, nighttime primetime. USA up all night style television. <laughs> um, guys, I love it. And we should address that, like, I haven't finished the first season, but I do know that the second season does an extreme pivot into, like, X-Files supernatural style television show. And that's another thing I love about old TV is when they're like, you know what? It ain't working. We need to pivot. Yeah. Baywatch season or Baywatch night season two is the equivalent of Airwolf season four. It's just when you, it's like taking your show to Canada. The minute you see the Atlantis logo and that it was filmed in Vancouver back in the late eighties, early, your show's dead. Your show's absolutely <laughs> dead. hundred percent dead. It's like, this is just something that you apparently had to make legally and we're on our way out. So oh, take it Lord. when you can get it. Yeah, well, I actually watched the second, the first episode of the second season today. And it oh, is, God. It is wild. And it actually had like a decent practical effect. Oh, wow. Kind of surprising. Well, and you forget that this show came out between the years of 1995 and 1997. So, like, it's kind of the cusp of like we're starting to understand how to do stuff for TV in a new light. Like, we're fully out of the 80s you know we're, we're transitioning what people want to watch it's the clinton era everyone's horny you know like i am very excited to get there but for today we're watching season one episode one which is not the pilot it is just the episode they decided to start with because joe and i were watching on the discord what is obviously the pilot told in flashback <laughs> and that was awesome but I feel like I should read two separate episode synopses, guys, because they're a little bit different. The one on IMDb says, Baywatch lifeguard Mitch Buchanan and L.A. Police Sergeant Garner Ellerby begin moonlighting as private investigators for a small detective agency owned by Ryan McBride, which is located above a nightclub called Nights. Owned by Lou Raymond, Mitch and Garner's first job comes when they are hired as bodyguards for Cassidy, a fashion model who claims that she is being stalked by a madman. Now, when I look this up on Metacritic, uh, the summary goes like this. A model named Cassidy has received some murder threats. She decides to hire Mitch, Garner, and Ryan as bodyguards. They don't accept her offer at first because they had thought that their first job would be something differently. Finally, they accept to be bodyguards, but even though they are protecting her, someone is sneaking into her house and write her another message on a mirror. Mitch, Garner, and Ryan can't figure out how the message ended up there, but then Mitch discovers a connection between Cassidy and the death of other models. All of these places need copy editors. I'm just going to put that out there. I feel like that was done by the same person that writes the synopsis for like Turkish knockoff movies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, but here's the thing, guys. We don't need to go scene by scene. We can talk about what jumps out to us. But the basic premise of this episode is there. They're detectives by night. He's a lifeguard by day. There's a supermodel who's being stopped by a paparazzo. And the twist, which we can get to later, is that uh, everything is not adding up or the way that it seems. Dun, dun, dun. Joe. Yes. What do you think truly stood out to you in this episode? And we can go minutia or big picture here, but that you had to have had some sort of takeaway from this that was purely Joe. Oh my God. The, the, the first takeaway that immediately comes to mind is his triple pleated pants <laughs> and his billowy shirt. He looks so good. Oh, I'm right there with you. It, like there's there's a scene where he's got the night shift uh watching and being the bodyguard. Yeah. And Fuck. and there's all of the points where they're like crossing the lines and like Ryan brings it up to him. It's like, you know, you're not supposed to kiss the person you're protecting, yada yada yada. But there's yeah. a this this show is full of montages, and there's one scene where she's in the pool and he's just kind of bodyguarding. And she yeah. splashes at him playfully, and within the montage, he's drying his pants. <laughs> he's blow drying his pants. I, I, when I saw that, I was like, "Daddy, watch this trick. Daddy, watch me." <laughs> yeah. He's very like, like he's just sitting there. Why doesn't he just get in the damn pool? It oh further proves that the sexiness of the show is a little bit lost these days. Because my first thought when I saw that scene was like, did she have that blow dryer already out by the pool? <laughs> was it ready to go? Was it plugged in? Because that's dangerous. You shouldn't yeah. have that right next to the water. Well, and not dicey. to mention that is so specifically for drying your pants. You know what I mean? It is like a very specific mid-90s tool that the only thing I can equate it to would be like the things people use to actually like dampen their clothes to get the wrinkles out it doesn't oh, look like yeah, a steam cleaner yes yes yeah uh bill what about you what are, what was your big like takeaway after watching this episode so it kind of is an encompassing term that i've just come up with i'm going to call it um hopherous. it's like hubris only it all centers around david hasselhoff who let, let me just be clear love the hoff love all the stuff he's done. But from the minute this show opens to this weird fourth wall destroying voiceover that he looks right into the camera in his Baywatch gear, which eliminates all credibility for this show immediately as being oh, yeah. something you can suspend your disbelief on other than you think Mitch has got a split personality, which could be true. And he's talking to no one to the, to that scene by the pool where you've got your standard Baywatch montage, but I got news for you. Hoff, not everything translates. So nope. one, nobody just becomes a PI, although that we were taught that when we were kids, that you could just do that. And you don't moonlight as one because that's a full-time job and you have a full-time job. So apparently you don't sleep. The Hoff needs no sleep. He works around the clock, which can't be a thing. The pool scene is like his leering at Carol all is just the absolute worst thing ever in this one. Cause <laughs> Oh my God. Yeah. You know, the Baywatch thing, you're at the beach, you're expected to look around and see the beautiful people. And it's Baywatch kind of gives you a license to do that. Baywatch yeah. nights does not. And it comes off as super creepy. Just that. And the whole way Mitch progresses through this episode is he's a real jerk through this whole thing. He's not likable. He's kind of creepy. And we're just, led to expect that this works because 
Mitch is really David Hasselhoff, and this is how he wants to spend his days and nights. So it's just, it's weird. It's just a weird vibe that as as a Hasselhoff vessel, I don't really care for. As a Baywatch Nights TV show, it's just super weird. So I'm in it for the ride. I have to agree. Like, I give things a lot of leeway, but this show is 100% like a show for guys and the yep. way guys think. And like, there are so many little lines in it where he's like, Working with a woman can be uh, tricky, and you're just like, what? <laughs> uh, you know, it's hard when you small. can't stop thinking about fucking them. I watched, <laughs> I watched this episode. My fiance was in the room, and she's doing something on her phone while I'm watching this. And that line went by, and she's just like, "Mitch is an asshole." It's like the only thing she said. I'm like, yeah, that's not a good one, Mitch. Not a good look. Now, I would like to um, share my screen, guys, just so we can give people a taste of this cold open. Uh, please indulge me here. You know, some people think the beach closes after the sun goes down. Uh-uh. That's when it really starts to heat up, especially if you're a PI. Now, I know what you're thinking. Mitch is a lifeguard. What does he know about being a PI? Exactly what I'm thinking. Well, uh, mm -hmm. involve rescuing people. Turns out my best friend Garner went partners in a bankrupt detective agency with a beautiful brunette P.I. who left New York for the California sun and adventure. I would like to say what that the I other say? guy's handsome as well. I jump in with both feet. And I hope you do too as we introduce a new series of private eye adventures called Baywatch Nights. Sit back and enjoy the ride. This is why I want Baywatch Nights to be a fever dream of Mitch Buchanan. I want Mitch oh, yeah. to have been bitten by a shark or something. Yeah. And at some point, please let there be a Baywatch episode where he pats <laughs> Duffy's and wakes up and it's just like, it was all a dream. That's all I want. <laughs> well, he I never do really like... had an NSX. No. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, totally. Let's just throw in that because that hit hard. I'm like, oh, you know, we can't spring for the black Trans Am, but we've got to give Mitch, who formerly drove a crappy sport ute, now he's got this accurate NSX that he drives around. So let's not yeah. let's not avoid the Night Rider vibe. They're in LA, right? What are mm -hmm. lifeguards in LA getting paid that he can afford a fucking like hundred thousand dollar sports car? And that he has to take on a second job for some yes. reason. Like, and of course they're trying to do this parallel, like you're saying, Bill, back to uh, Night Rider, but uh, updated. Yeah, it's insane. It must be why it's not called Baywatch Accounting, because nobody here is good with their money or their time or their career choices. I want to play the theme song coming up because I just think it's catchy for everyone. But before we get there, like I got to I got to save that. I do want to talk about like the 90s blues aesthetic, because a lot of times people will talk about like the swing comeback because of the yeah. Gap commercials and and swing was big and the 70s were big but like the sleeper thing was blues and like yes. the co-opting of the blues i mean my dad had a rhythm and blues bar in kansas city and i'm not even sure my dad enjoyed music you know like i think it was just a thing where like people kind of like this so let's just book this type of band you know but it's thick it is thick in this show and i don't get it do you guys have any memories of this as well oh yeah a hundred percent i was actually looking today because i was trying to figure out when this happened um the blues tra blues travelers first album came out the year before this okay and i i believe kenny wayne shepherd's first album came out the same year this came out 95 so someone's so tapped into something yeah this is peak peak white boy blues oh yeah <laughs> 
This yes. is this is straight up Johnny Lang, Robert Cray yes. resurgence. And I was swimming in the middle of this, boys. I was wooing a woman with my Robert Cray mixtapes. And <laughs> the blues is a shortcut sound straight to sex. Yeah. That's what TV <laughs> turned this into. But if you listen to actually listen to the words, if they're not made for a TV theme, the blues are sad because your life sucks and everything's gone horribly wrong. So not only have they not even missed the mark, they've corrupted the meaning of it completely. But the minute you throw a saxophone behind a long electric guitar, which let's not forget that this show opens. Yes. With like a four minute blue smoked filled fever dream guitar blues solo. Yeah, it's, it's a montage nowhere. showing us the death uh, that they'll be investigating, kind of as bodyguards. We don't know. They don't because there's also a don't. side investigation that ends this episode incredibly off the mark and incredibly like not in good taste, I should say. So, yeah. like, just quick snippet on that: the actual detective job they're doing is locating a missing body, not a missing person. Someone was vacationing in India and died and the family can't find the body and the body was switched with someone else. And then at the end they're like, and so much for that family, because what they didn't know is that everyone is cremated in India. Yeah. Except for the person who wasn't cremated. That was in the casket that got sent back. So the, disgusting thing where they're like so i guess grandma's being sent home in an envelope it's like yeah. what the fuck who wrote this fuck. very distasteful but i'm glad they pivot out of uh that pretty quickly and just tried to use it as a, a bumper at the end it's it's incredible it's almost like an homage to like an 80s pl- pilot that they would have made about yeah. that episode starring yeah. like don knotts and <laughs> freddie prince jr of some weird setup it's just it's insane how they just throw that in there and when it floats back in i kind of forget about it until the very end and when it pops back up you're like wait oh yeah thanks episode you've done such a good job of milling my brain to mush i'd forgotten this point completely so bill you kind of hinted at it that mitch is a jerk mitch like makes fun of everyone in this episode for the most part (laughs) but not as much as the character who's not in every episode and that's the fortune teller on their team Mm -hmm. and he's like oh there's no future in reading futures and she's like what do you mean and it's like oh my god these are the worst jokes and it's at at like the expense of it's such a weird character to kind of have in the show it is i don't know if she's supposed to be like our pseudo cj for this show in mm. a way because you can't do a straight pam clone but it's weird that they use this whole you know crystals and space age modern day 90s hippie thing and use it with in a way that almost foreshadows season two and <laughs> if tiktok right has shown me anything it's that crystals are bigger than ever <laughs> now Guys, we've gotten to a point where I've hinted at it, and I'd, and I'd like to hear more. And, of course, we're going to talk about uh, the leather daddy and why he never changes clothes, uh, paparazzo. Before we take our first break, our only break, let's go into that break with the theme song. I'm fully using this as an excuse just to watch it 
And please, please, please don't hesitate from making comments on your favorite parts during this so we don't get DMCA'd on a song that isn't available anywhere. Mm. Good Lord. It's just so catchy. We're at the beach. This is, we know the beach. We know the waves. Yep. Hey, you're watching Baywatch. Cool. It's Baywatch. Wait a second. Oh, shit. Uh, Hold on. What is this swerve? That's not Jimmy <laughs> Jameson. That suit, though. The suit is yes. awesome. I will say the color palette for the whole show is amazing. It's now, fantastic. here, big point during these credits. You've got Angie Harmon on your show, a beautiful actress. She's awesome. She gets the absolute worst video footage in these credits of any beautiful actress of the time I've ever seen. It also made me realize when she's running here that, like, that is too short a skirt for anyone. And I'm no prude. It's like she just can't run in it. She has to hold it in the opening credits. And it's so, it must be so uncomfortable. Yeah. And they give her, like, her first shot is she's blinded by headlights and makes a face. Oh, God. Why? Why would you do this? Okay. Um, so we've got the Hoff shots. We've got Ellerby doing his reluctant, you know, I'm, I'm the real cop here kind of thing. <laughs> Gregolin Williams is such a great fucking name. And now she's spraying name. bug killer. She's staring at a dirty window. She's screaming. Like, this is not flattering. At Why? All. But she's a scientist, as you can tell. She's looking into a microscope at one point. Yeah, you would think. So, so Lisa there's... Stahl, she's the tarot card reader. I couldn't remember her actor name. And I love that Lou gets a credit. Yeah, Lou Rawls gets a credit, and it freeze phrases, frames on him for a quick second, probably just to make sure the theme song gets done all the way through. <laughs> gotta wonder do you think lou's got a greatest hits album somewhere with the extended version of this on it or did he just burn all copies of it we'll be right back with bill and rob's an excellent adventure colon night owls and we're back bill joe and i were talking about how we're so sick of like television shows having brooding heroes you know, and that like mm-hmm. we kind of wished that we could go back to this. We're like as shitty as Hasselhoff is and Mitch is in this show, like he's confident. He doesn't have some sort of like backstory that's like really keeping him down and that he's like got eight dead children and divorced 20 times and hits the bottle every night before he gets to work i was gonna say go to bed but obviously he doesn't sleep his parents weren't killed by an automated roving robot out in the (laughs) desert somewhere and i would love to remake baywatch nights update it a requel whatever you want to call it but i would not want it to be the rock zach efron baywatch days where it's all kind of like goofy and spoofy and And stuff no just give me this and that is elevated that is the fine point, and that's the line that they walk, and it's part of the reason why we're doing this project and why listening to, Joe, your episode about Doctor Strange is like, there's there's fun to be had in this medium. It, it, it's called entertainment for a reason. But you there's a line that you can walk, and like you can watch these projects now, and they're of their time. There's Everything comes in its own time, and not everything's going to translate ahead of time. And you, we could sit here and easily pick and choose the things that we like about this show and turn it into something that would work for today and you have to look 
back on this thing and can't criticize it so much for its choices in a lot of ways because it's what you're stuck with. But, you know, you could you could at least enjoy the process of it. And you could see where this particular one is not like the joy of Baywatch, which is everybody. We know exactly what we're into and we know why we're doing this. And everybody watched it because we all want to go to the beach and have fun. And there has to be some story there somewhere. But you give somebody this project, and it's like, all right, I expect a minimum level of detecting going on in my detective show, no matter who's <laughs> doing it. And you're kind of not giving me that, which is why somebody needed to tell David, like, we can't just stick Mitch in it and call it a detective show. It's not going to work. I'm watching this whole episode, and even before we find out why Carol Alt's character is doing a thing, it's like she meets him in like six seconds, and suddenly I completely trust you, Mitch. It's I've come to your crappy detective agency where everything's falling on the floor, and clearly I don't know any of you, but I trust you implicitly. Come to my house and sit in my basement in my living room in the dark, and it's like, it's just sheer madness of a thing. So we, you kind of have to laugh at it now in a way. Otherwise, yeah, it's not high art or anything, but you can <laughs> yeah. see what they were going for. It's just like, boy, you guys really backed the Hoff train on this one, and it kind of bit you in the ass. <laughs> now, Joe, I would love to know your thoughts on Hoff as a detective. He's really just a bodyguard. Yeah. He, I mean, what? He's splitting his days as a lifeguard, nights as a bodyguard. It's not doing any private investigate. Well, maybe he is doing a little private investigating. Hey uh, but, but yeah, he's not very good at it. No, uh, not basically at all. all. All he does is sit around, read a book and watch a lady swim. I'm really glad you said that because somewhere here I have written down the name of the book he's reading. Oh, letters from a dead cop. Oh and my God. my God, do I want to read that book? Doesn't exist. Uh, oh, I looked fuck. everywhere. It is not uh, a real book. There's like letters from a dead girl. There's like things that are similar. But man, what the fuck is that book about? And why that is, is like he a, reading it? A Raymond Chandler fucking title. Oh, that <laughs> totally needs to be say written by Tracy Torme right next to the Dixon Hill Mysteries is where that would be found. <laughs> but it's true. I mean, I I remember all these shows, and I've watched all of them. You know, Riptide, Magnum PI, Rockford Files. All it took for you to be a detective back in the day was some kind of military background and you can't get a job anywhere else. Yeah. Like that's how that you have to, have, or you have to have a failing side helicopter tourism business or <laughs> a failing, you know, Marina ski rental business. Something's going on in there. Totally. Mitch I want has to... none of this. He has none. And Garner is an actual police officer. The weird, but you can't have Garner be the smart one and Mitch kind of be the tag along. It would, it's because it's the Hoff. You just can't yeah. do it. So he has to come in fully formed as a detective. He's got a gun in the credits. When the hell did Mitch ever go get a <laughs> gun training permit? I, I don't understand this. So it's a hard shift. Quick side note. Uh, I did once when I lived in Kansas, look up what it takes to be a private investigator because I was in a go nowhere job. And uh, yeah, it's a lot. You have to do a lot given your city, given your state to become a PI. And I'm sure it's not any easier in any other state. You can't just and, walk into the LA courthouse and go lifeguard. Uh, no problem. Here yeah. You Here's your license. So, but then a few years later, someone's Instagram account from the same state was like, check out my new private investigator business. And the first thing that came to my head was there's no way, there's no way this person went through all of the stuff you have to do in Kansas to become a private eye. 
And then also I thought, you know what this is? This is a bunch of people sitting around a bar one night and going like, you know, actually she's the best like person if you want to find out something about someone. She really knows how to like dig into social media and Google. Uh -huh. And it's like, yeah, we all fucking do. We, that's all we do is Google these days. Yeah. And you're not any better than anyone else because you're chronically online more than anyone else. You mean Instagram stalker does not translate to private investigation? <laughs> No, but the business oh, no. cards were made. The business cards were made. Hey, and if you're listening, no shade. I get it. It seems like it would have been a fun project, but like, give me a break. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Joe, is, you know, first of all, I want to make sure we didn't skip anyone's favorite blues lick on this episode, but I would like to get to the the little bit of a surprise you've brought for us today. Could you please, unless you have anything else, let us know what's in store. I have a little game. I was convinced when you mentioned there might be a game that Joe was going to say, now you both have to put on a pair of black leather pants and see who can run the fastest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I am just really surprised at, like, that photographer was in so much leather in L.A. And so fast. He okay. ran so fast. And dude's got to be clocking in at, like, 235. He's built like a fire hydrant. It's yeah. ridiculous how fast he runs Mitch into the ground. Did, did either of you have... Okay, I can't be the only person, but I probably am. I <laughs> thought that was uh, the actor that plays Mac's dad from Sonny. Uh, oh my what, what, god what is, what is his fucking name gregory scott cummins okay okay so i thought that was watch him. your language hey <laughs> not those right pants. i forgot this, this, this is, is a family show this isn't piloting air yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah i thought it was gregory scott cummins so i was looking it up and it's not him but he is in two other episodes of baywatch nights oh wow yeah I don't know which episodes they are, but I'm sure we'll get, I'll get to them eventually. All right. So we all know that David Hasselhoff is uh, now mostly known for his cameos playing himself, right? Yes. So what I wanted to do was pull some audio uh, of some David Hasselhoff cameos from movies uh, and a couple of TV shows. They're not all him playing himself because that got a little too difficult to find. <laughs> but we're going to listen to the clips and then you'll each, uh, if you think you know the answer, ring in with your name and uh, guess what show or movie they are from. Let's play clip number one. Entertaining. <laughs> Attitude, yeah, Hoff, attitude, attitude. I still can't believe I got kicked off the show in week one. I mean, I thought I was good. Bill. Go ahead, Bill. Is this Dancing with the Stars? It is Dancing with the oh, Stars. Man. Yeah, season 11. And this ends with a, a giant dance number where he's <laughs> basically dressed as Mitch. <laughs> of and, course uh, it is. You know, holding the little buoy. <laughs> he, he definitely made me feel better about my chest hair. Now, <laughs> let's do number two. That's absolutely true in this sort of relationship. But for marriage, a, a ten-year difference... But you don't even look ten minutes older than I do. As of now, thanks to the old paint pots. Rob. Go ahead, Rob. Is... Oh, shit. I was going to say, is this Knight Rider? But it can't be Knight Rider. No. 
No. I'm going to keep playing, Bill. We'll begin the show, and more and more every day, and I'll start to worry about it. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I got an idea. I'll let myself run down. (laughs) No one will ever know that you're older. (laughs) I'll know. No, for a modern woman, you sure are a hypocrite. I mean, you're aggressive enough to have an affair with a younger man. Be very modern and very logical about the relationship. What it really comes down to, Kathy, is not what we feel for each other, but what other people think. It's a shame. Mm. I do not know that one. Oh, man. Wah-wah. All right. Any out-of-the-air guesses? Nothing? Mm -hmm. All right. That is from a 1981 episode of The Love Boat. Oh, Oh, my God. (laughs) He's having an affair with a woman who's 10 years older than him, apparently. Oh, I haven't got to that one. (laughs) <laughs> okay, well, that'll be on our next uh, Love Boat series yes. after Night Owls. <laughs> yes, our uh, Love Boat recap. Yeah, we're really filling up the whole next decade of this podcast, Bill. Um, okay. <laughs> Let's roll clip number three. A shocking upset. I feel shocked. Bill. Go ahead, Bill. That is dodgeball. Absolutely correct. Damn. <laughs> the Ben Stiller Vince Vaughn vehicle from 2004 that I am reminded of every once in a while. People st- people really like that Dodger wrench joke. Yeah, they do, and I hate it. Yeah, yeah. All right. I don't. I don't like it. Rip Torn is a gem, and it should not be boiled down to that one joke. Come on. Not at all. It, with the only thing we need from Rip Torn is uh. Is Artie. Uh, I was going to say Men in Black, but you know, whatever. I was, I was going to say Beastmaster. <laughs> oh, shit. That too. All right, uh, All right. Clip four. Clip four. Process. And, um, Mind if I cut in for a second? What are you doing here? I'm here to remind you who you are. Bill. Is this. Go ahead, Bill. <laughs> I believe this is the Baywatch movie with The Rock. Absolutely correct. That's what I was going to say, but I forgot to buzz in. Damn it. Okay. <laughs> Bill, if you're feeling charitable, I'll take a, a few of your billion points you're getting on this. Um, I'll do what Bill, I can. Billion. Wow. I think I'm on the precipice of a new nickname. Anyway. Uh, there's, a, there's a great joke in that clip where he, he's like, look at you wearing worker men's shoes. <laughs> like pans down. He's wearing loafers. You gotta uh, give the Hoff credit. I mean, he's he's leaned into the, to be able to have some fun with his persona, and I always respect the guy that can do that. Kind of like late yeah. Lade Shatner, you know, he loosened up a little bit and be like, "Fine, you guys are going to make these jokes anyway. I might as well lean in and have and have some too." And then 100%. go to space. Uh, yeah, it's fun. Okay, okay, right. okay, okay. Clip, Clip number five. Clip five. I tried. So hard to find the form that suited you, and this is the thanks I get. Rob, go ahead, Rob. Is this SpongeBob SquarePants the movie? Oh, it is not. <sighs> okay, I'll keep playing the clip. You really need to grow up. Bill, did you get it? Oh, that was my guess too. Hmm. All right, Joe, what do we got for us? All right. This is from uh, the 2017 uh, film Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Oh. Oh, Where Star-Lord's dad transforms into David Hasselhoff. God, don't you... Isn't the MCU really funny? 
Yeah, it's fucking hilarious. I love all I love all the jokes and I, I love the nods to the it's camera. Great. Although I think the takeaway from that is let's be real. Who would you rather have him transform into? From Kurt Russell into David Hasselhoff or from David Hasselhoff into Kurt Russell? Yes. Your, that's my game right now. What's your pick, Robs? You know what? I want Kurt Russell to Hasselhoff. I'm sorry. Oh, no, Joe. No, no. Hasselhoff to Kurt Russell. I want to hang with Kurt Russell, David. Oh, Joe wins it every uh, time. <laughs> I am really losing this game, man. Whatever game is thrown at me. All right, I'll play clip six now. All right. I especially like the cape. I hope you didn't expect it to frighten me. Oh. On the other hand, uh, I really do like that cape. That's a hassle, isn't it? Okay. Okay. <laughs> life's a hassle so this has got to be one where he's playing himself kind of oh god wow (laughs) something about the spoken word hoff that just sends chills down your spine man i'm just gonna chime in with rob and say was this some sort of night rider when uh uh what's his name from hercules went into the writer's room episode of hercules but is it is it like that for night rider no no it's a totally okay. different show. Yeah, I don't know this one. All right. So this is from the 1997 WGN superhero show, Nightman. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> I remember yeah. Nightman. Wow. Ha- Hasselhoff is uh, billed as Katrina's associate. And this is from pu- the pilot part two. Wow. And that Nightman is very bluesy, too. Yes. Nightman yeah. Very bluesy. Oh man, he's it's, like, which he's is like an artist or a, yeah. a musician who is cursed. I think he's a saxophone. People's thoughts. Yeah, yeah, he is. And he also has like a Batman costume yes. for some reason with a big red eye. Yeah. Oh my God, Nightman. Uh, coming soon in 2025 on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think they took the old Meteor Man suit and retrofitted <laughs> it for that one. My oh favorite my Meteor Man joke. Uh, comes from David Spade when he used to do the segment Spade in America on SNL. And it was Meteor Man with the powers to leave a theater in a single weekend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Aww, I like uh, Meteor Man. No, it's great. Too. But that great was too. the perfect David Spade joke about it that is. movie. You know, and also completely true. Yes. Uh, I think it had less time in the theater than Ravenous. Clip seven, final clip. Final clip. I wonder who's going to win. If I get this clip, I would like to advocate for me uh, winning the whole thing. Um, I'll stipulate to that. Okay. (laughs) You've got the look. You've got the physique. If if we could secure a star of your caliber, it would really put us on the map. I do look good in a cowboy hat. You look good in everything. Rob, go ahead. Is this SpongeBob? No, it's not. God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, Mr. Hasselhoff. Call me the Hoff. Okay, the hall. So, what do you say? Well, I've conquered television, music. I don't see why I couldn't add exercise videos to my empire. So you'll do it. You got the hall. Hot damn, I got the hall. <laughs> by, by any chance, do you know what size chaps you wear? Oh, I've got my own. I want this to be Magic Mike. Oh, God, I wish. Oh, man. Uh, I don't have it. I mean, I already gave up, but I thought I had it for a second, but then it threw me for a loop. Is it the birdcage? 
No, no. Uh, oh, sounded a little Nathan Laney. I, you know what? He does sound Nathan Laney in that. Uh, but that is Jason Alexander. And this is from a show I did not realize has run this long. Young Shel- Sheldon. Oh, wow. Season four, episode 10. Jesus Christ. How are there four seasons of that show? I thought everybody hated it. I well, hate is the new love, Joe. We all know that's that. True. That's, that's true. true. If you're listening to this anytime in the future, listeners from the from the past of our current 2022, then hate is love. Um, <laughs> that's that's why piloting air is so popular. Yep. It's like when my next door neighbor's parents, growing up, asked me, um, "So does bad mean good now?" <laughs> Guys, Baywatch nights. We are the night owls. I. Really, really enjoyed talking about season one, episode one, Pursuit. I just want to, Joe, give you the chance to, you know, pitch piloting error one more time. Get people over to your show because we both really enjoy it. Oh, thanks so much. We talk about Forgotten Pilots. Um, We do one episode a month for the time being because Stuart and I both have like very uh, time intensive jobs. And but, your episodes uh, are long and well researched. They are very long. We do research. Stuart does a fucking I like honestly, like Stuart does such a fucking incredible job editing the show, producing the show, editing in clips, just making us making me not sound like as much of a jackass as I am. Uh, <laughs> it's it's a lot of fun to do, and I I really hope that people will enjoy it as much as uh, as much as we enjoy making it. Well, Bill and I have a lot of uh, friends of DeSoto, listeners of The Greatest Generation and The Greatest Discovery on this podcast. And if they're looking for an entry point, I think the, what, Questor tapes? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Our latest episode, The Questor tapes, a Gene Roddenberry pilot from the 70s. I can't remember what year. Um, but it was a lot of fun to do. We did it with uh, our buddy Ed, who uh, runs a podcast called Bro Trek that may be defunct. I, I didn't, <laughs> I, I, I don't know for sure. I need to reach out to him but well, maybe they'll uh, yeah. have some back episodes yeah it's a it's a great episode a pretty fun uh show if you actually wanted to watch the uh the uh show if you're a big roddenberry <laughs> fan well thanks so much for coming on bill what do you have to share with our audience before we close today i'd like to share this was a, a great meeting a great origin story with you joe now that i know that you are the bill of your podcast and i am the joe of mine because <laughs> rob makes all of this look good and sound good so feeling you player we're and, gonna uh, have you on sometime soon too bill oh I'd I'm, love gonna, to. I'm gonna send you the list i would yes. love to this is right up my alley and in lieu of uh rob and i already deciding what our next theme will be i am going to go out and make the official invitation for you to be our guest for sure when we do the david hasselhoff star vehicle of nick fury agent of shield yes oh, oh yes 100%. awesome yes. so as people know bill um well i think i talked about this off mic i'm going to talk about it on mic now we have finished the Valverde world. We're going to bring in Joe to help us talk about the groovy 70s MCU, the, the forgotten 70s or the forgotten MC universe that uh, Disney doesn't want to incorporate into their new movies for some reason. So, Joe, hoping to get you on that episode and a couple of more. Maybe Stu can join us as well, because there's a lot out there. 
Oh, yeah. Bill, people can find us online, and the links are in the show notes. I want to just tell everyone that uh, reviewing this podcast with as many stars or likes or whatever is possible on your podcatcher of choice is great. What's even more exciting is that when you can support us, you just press that button to support us. And on top of that, the thing that really helps is just sharing this episode with a friend. So if you've got an aunt who loves the Hoff, please put this in her Christmas stocking. If you put it on a, a flash drive, whatever you got to do. Yeah, if you have a long lost German roommate that you'd like to reconnect <laughs> with, I please send them links to these shows. And yes, uh, sharing and spreading the word about the shows, both our show and piloting here. It's free, but it is worth a ton because nothing beats getting this stuff out in front of more people. That's what makes sure that we can make more of them. And we need that support on both shows because there is an insurmountable pile of wonderful awfulness to dig into in so many ways. So we want to see it all and share it with you guys. So please do that. And thank you very much. All right. We'll see you next time on Bill and Rob's An Excellent Adventure. Thanks all. Goodbye.